Coffee to the Sky, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Zay, collectively known as SoCal Uncensored or SCU. This is Catch, Hook, and Shoot, the worst podcast I've ever been on. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Catch, Hook, and Shoot. Today is Sunday, July the 12th, 2020. I want to thank everybody for listening, watching, and subscribing on YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you're following on social media on all platforms. You can find the show at Catch, Hook, Shoot. Head to patreon.com slash catch, hook, shoot for bonus content, which is still being kind of revamped, so bear with me on that one. And head to prowrestlingtees.com slash catch, hook, shoot for all your t-shirt needs and, um, going to probably be rotating out some of the t-shirt designs I've got there in the next coming weeks, so keep an eye out for those as well. And if you ever want to shoot me an email, it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com. So let's dive right into everything going on in pro wrestling this week, kicking it all off like we always do with the match of the week. This week's match of the week comes from AEW Dynamite, which was uh, night two of Fighter Fest this week, and that was the uh, the main event match actually between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Uh, these two guys put on an amazing match uh, for all of the Orange Cassidy kind of detractors out there that, you know, basically their biggest issue is with his, his gimmick, the kind of laid back, don't care kind of attitude thing, you know. Um, hopefully, if they have any kind of common sense about him, this will shut him up a little bit because uh, Cassidy definitely showed what he can do in the ring, went out there and hung with one of the best ever in Chris Jericho. And, um, yeah, like I said, these two guys put on a fantastic match. So if you have not seen it yet, go back and check it out. Um, like I always say, if you only watch one match this week, make it Cassidy versus Jericho. This was an awesome, awesome match uh, in a week with a lot of awesome wrestling matches, to be quite honest so uh but yeah this is my pick for match of the week orange cassidy versus chris jericho from night two of fighter fest from aew so moving into the next segment of the show my personal top three highlights of the week and that is the three count First up on the three count this week, uh, we saw the return of Heath Slater on Monday Night Raw. Came out, uh, was brought out by Dolph Ziggler, basically challenged uh, Drew McIntyre, and you know we saw saw a different side of Heath Slater. We didn't see the kind of joke type type gimmick that he he always had, the whole I got kids thing and this and that. He came out, cut a very very serious promo, very good promo on Drew McIntyre and uh you know, they had a match but it was literally like a 5 second match, you know, McIntyre just hit him with the uh the claymore and that was about it. But uh yeah, you know, it was uh it was kind of cool to see Slater come back. Uh like I said, the promo he cut on McIntyre was great. Uh definitely showed uh some some mic skills and and a side of himself that we didn't uh didn't get to see regularly when he was uh, a full-time WWE wrestler. So uh yeah, definitely, you know, that I think that definitely raised his stock a little bit uh for uh, you know, potentially going going someplace else because he did show that he can have that serious side and he's not just a gimmick comedy you know comedy type gimmick 
Uh, second up on the three count, we, uh, yeah, coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling this week, there is a new member of the Bullet Club, and that member is Evil. Uh, yeah, joined the Bullet Club uh, just over the last couple of days. I'll get more into that later when I'm talking about some of the New Japan goings on. But, uh, yeah, Evil, the newest member of the Bullet Club, has turned his back on LIJ, uh, turned on Naito. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool spot if you, uh, you know, got to see the highlights or if you watch the, the event on uh, New Japan World. Uh, you know, definitely good to see uh, Japanese wrestling again. So, uh, yeah, I'll, like I said, I'll get some more into that a little bit later on in the show. And number three on the three count this week, again from AEW Dynamite this past week, we have seen the return of the FTW Championship. Uh, now, for those that might not be familiar... The FTW title comes from ECW back in the late 90s, and this was at a time when uh, Taz was one of the top guys in ECW, and, uh, you know, the the uh, the storyline was that the world champion, I believe it was Shane Douglas at the time, was ducking him, he, uh, Taz wasn't getting his title shot, so he created his own championship, and uh, that championship was the FTW championship, and uh, for anyone who doesn't know what FTW stands for, it uh, basically means fuck the world. So it was the, uh, yeah, the F the World Championship. So, and, uh, you know, Taz defended that belt. And um, actually, I think uh, I think Sabu was really the, the only other person to hold that championship. He beat Taz for it at one point. But, uh, yeah, so that title was reintroduced on AEW Dynamite and presented by Taz to Brian Cage. So uh be interesting to see if this is going to be a sanctioned AEW Championship, or if it's just going to be, you know, kind of like it was before, you know, an unsanctioned title that uh, the the person just kind of declares for themselves. So uh, we'll have to see where they're going to go with that one, but I thought it was a pretty cool spot on AEW. So moving into news and rumors for the week, starting off with Monday Night Raw. Uh, I already talked about Heath Slater returning, uh, lost in a squash match against Drew McIntyre after cutting, like I said, a really, really good promo. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, of course, was not happy with that and, uh, you know, started beating on beating on Slater and McIntyre came out and made the save and uh, McIntyre and Slater had a little uh, little bit of a 3MB reunion minus Jinder Mahal, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it was a, a cool spot to open up Raw. Uh, we also saw another return of, of uh, Kyrie Sane on Monday Night Raw. There's been a lot of question as to whether Kyrie Sane is going to be continuing with WWE. There's a lot of speculation that she's going to be going back to Japan and possibly even retiring sometime soon. But, uh, yeah, she did come back on Monday Night Raw and defeated Sasha Banks by disqualification in a pretty good match. Uh, and then we... Ended up seeing, uh, was supposed to be Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black taking on Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, but uh, Rollins and Murphy attacked Aleister in the back, and it ended up being Rey Mysterio and Kevin Owens taking on uh, Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, and the, uh, yeah, the... The way that this was set up was that the uh, the winner of the match got to pick the, the stipulation for Ray and Seth's match coming up at Extreme Rules. Uh, Ray and Kevin Owens were victorious in this one, and Ray Mysterio picked an eye for an eye match. And there's been a lot of stuff going around online about this the last uh, last week or so. And uh, you know, basically the way WWE is promoting it is to win the match, you have to take out your opponent's eye, which is a bit gruesome. But, uh, you know, you know, obviously nobody's really going to lose an eye. And there's speculation that WWE could be using, like, some type of CGI to, uh, you know, as part of this match. And uh, so just going by that, I would assume this is going to be a cinematic-type match. 
And um, I, I'm I'm curious. I, I'm curious to see how this is going to be pulled off because, you know, with the cinematic matches, and especially now they're going to introduce the use of CGI, if that's true, I, it, it could be great or it could be terrible. You know, I don't think there's too much in between on this one. So I will reserve judgment until I actually see the match. But uh, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm I'm interested. So I, I'm I'm I want to see how this is going to work. Uh, then also on Raw, we saw the unveiling of a new United States Championship belt. Uh, it was unveiled by MVP of all people. Now obviously he is not the champion, but he has just kind of declared himself the uh, the United States Champion. Um, but he will be facing Apollo Cruz coming up at Extreme Rules for the United States Championship. So we'll see if uh, if MVP gets to hold on to that uh, new belt that he unveiled, or if he has to give that up to Apollo. But uh, the the new belt, the new design for the U.S. title, I'm uh, I'm liking it. You know, there was a lot of mixed reactions online, but that tends to happen anytime a new championship or a new belt is introduced. Some people are going to think it's great. Some people are just going to hate it just for the sake of hating it. You know, me personally, I I actually I like the look of this belt. I mean, the the United States title has not changed since it was reintroduced in the WWE back in 2003. So, you know, 17 years we've been going with that same belt design. So it was definitely time for uh, for an upgrade, and you know I like it. It's got the uh, the stars and stripes, the red, white, and blue motif, big eagle on it. It's a good size belt. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's so small." Uh, did you look at the size of it around MVP's waist? MVP is not a little guy, you know. And so I mean, it's a it's a good size belt. I think it looks pretty good. Um, and you know, I think. Like I said, people are just going to hate on it just for the sake of hating on it. Kind of the same way with the uh, the Intercontinental title. You know, the, the belt that they have now, not real popular when it was introduced. Still not real popular with some people. But, I, uh, I mean, I, I was one. I didn't like it a whole lot the first time I saw it just because I love the classic Intercontinental title design. But, you know, having had some time to see it on TV, kind of get used to it, it's not a bad-looking belt. It's not my favorite, but... You know, it's not uh, it's not a terrible championship, and it's you know it's distinctive. It's not w- one of those uh, you know a cookie cutter type belt like the uh, the world title, the universal title, and the women's Raw and SmackDown titles are all identical. You know, the, that's what I mean by a cookie cutter type belt. It's just the big WWE logo, and that's about it. Um, Same thing could kind of be said with the NXT men's and women's championships. They're virtually identical. The women's title's a little bit smaller, but uh, the the look of the belt is is pretty much the same. Now, I I think the NXT titles are much better looking titles than the uh, the main roster belts, but... uh, but yeah, the uh, no, the new U.S. title. I'm I really am liking this new design. I think it's pretty cool. So I, I'm here for it. So hopefully, uh, you know, that is the uh, the United States title going forward, and it's not just going to be an MVP thing. You know, I, I'm hoping this is the permanent uh, U.S. title for a while. Uh, and then uh, after we saw the unveiling of the U.S. title, Lashley and MVP defeated uh, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet in a tag team match. And after that, MVP again tried to recruit Cedric Alexander in the back, kind of playing on the, uh, you know, the uh, the sidekick card with Cedric saying he's, you know, just uh, 
Ricochet's sidekick and this and that, and you know, kind of taking a backseat to Ricochet. So trying trying to get in the head of Cedric Alexander, MVP really working to try to build himself a little bit of a stable here. And uh, you know, I talked about it before. There was talk of uh, MVP possibly having a stable with Lashley as well as Apollo Cruz, Cedric Alexander, and Ricochet. I think that'd be a very very formidable group of guys to have and you've got some uh, you know legitimate title contenders in that mix I mean you've got Apollo Crews who's already the U.S. champion Bobby Lashley has to be viewed as a as a contender for the uh, the world title and then uh, Cedric and Ricochet have become a very good tag team in the last several weeks so it, it wouldn't be out of the uh, realm of possibility for them to end up as tag team champions at some point so you know I'm I'm Keeping a close eye on this one, I'm hoping they'll pull the trigger on some iteration of that uh, that group. Uh, and then at the end of the night, we saw Asuka defeat uh, Bailey, and uh, as a result of that, Asuka and Kyrie Sane get a women's tag team championship match uh, coming up this week on Raw. So I'm not uh, not thinking. Bailey and Sasha are going to lose the tag titles anytime soon. I uh, you know I think they're going to hold them at least past uh, Extreme Rules because they both have singles title matches coming up at Extreme Rules, so I, I don't think the tag team titles are going to go anywhere just yet, but I think that will, you know, I still think that will kind of be the catalyst to uh, to split them up uh, somewhere down the line. Moving into NXT, it was night two of the Great American Bash. Starting off the night, we saw uh, Candice LeRae defeat Mia Yim in a street fight, which uh, don't see too many... Uh, women's street fights in, in NXT. I think they said this was only the second one, and uh, it was a damn good match. Candice LeRae, like I said, was victorious in this one. Uh, we saw Bronson Reed defeat Tony Nese, which was kind of a surprise. Tony Nese, you know, former uh, cruiserweight champion, and um, Bronson Reed fairly new, but it looks like they're going to start uh, pushing Reed a little bit. I mean, he had a good match with Karrion Cross, uh, I believe it was last week, and uh, so you know, Bronson Reed looks like he's he's starting to have a, a little little bit of a run here. Uh, we saw Robert Stone in the back trying to recruit Shotzi Blackheart this time, and uh, she told him no in no uncertain terms, and then proceeded to run him over with with her tank after he was uh, taken down by Killian Dane because uh, Stone, I think it was coffee spilled on him or something like that. But uh, yeah, Killian Dane took Stone down, and uh, Shotzi Blackheart ran him over with her uh, her tank that she rides to the ring. So that was a pretty cool pretty cool spot. Um, Gar Johnny Gargano defeated Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, this is a match that uh, kind of sprung from the uh, the backstage segment last week with the uh, the fight that broke out between Candice LeRae and Mia Yim, which led to their street fight and also led to this match between Gargano and Swerve. Um, again, you know, th with these two guys in the ring, you're going to have a good match, and Johnny Gargano was victorious in this one. Uh, and then we found out that uh, Tegan Knox will be taking on Io Shirai this week for the uh, the NXT Women's Championship. Tegan Knox, of course, won the uh, the number one contenders match last week, so uh, she will get her title shot coming up uh, coming up this coming week. Uh, and then we saw a six-man tag team match with Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza defeating uh, Drake Maverick and Brizango. Uh, not too much of a surprise there. I didn't really expect Maverick and Brizango to uh, to come out victorious in this one. They really are pushing um, um, Escobar, Wilde, and Mendoza pretty hard as uh, you know a top heel group uh, in NXT 
potentially could someday take the take the place of undisputed era as a top heel stable so we'll have to see but uh it's probably getting getting ahead of myself a little bit but uh that, that seems to be the direction that they're going we also saw the re-debut of Mar- mercedes martinez uh in a match against santana garrett uh, Martinez signing was announced uh, quite quite a while ago, several months ago, but obviously with everything going on, COVID-19, the lockdowns and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, I'm sure that had a, uh, a part in her kind of delayed debut, but uh, she did debut this week against Santana Garrett, put on, uh, you know, another great match and Mer- Mercedes was victorious. Uh, also found out for next week we're going to see another match between Damian Priest and Cameron Grimes. Uh, this time, you know, I would pick Priest in this one. The last time Grimes was was victorious, but Priest was uh, storyline injured at the time because he had been jumped in the parking lot. So this time he'll be uh, hopefully 100% healthy. So uh, should be a good match between these two. And at the end of the night, we also saw the crowning of the first ever double champion in NXT as Keith Lee defeated Adam Cole for the NXT championship. So Keith Lee is now the NXT champion and the North American champion. So congrats to Keith Lee. Uh, definitely well-deserved, fantastic match between these two guys, which I think is exactly what everyone expected. But, uh, yeah, Keith Lee, uh, you know, one of the best that uh, NXT has right now has definitely earned this spot. And uh, at the end of the end of the night, we saw uh, Karrion Cross and Scarlett kind of watching uh, from somewhere in the arena, look like from a press box or something like that. But uh, yeah, so Cross definitely has his eye on the NXT title, which you know I said before, I'm I'm liking that they're kind of thrusting him right into the main event picture. Uh, so you know I, I'm. I'm looking very much looking forward to seeing Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. That match will be just insane. Uh, moving on to SmackDown from this past Friday, uh, we saw Jeff Hardy on Miz TV with the Miz and John Morrison, uh, just kind of you know pushing forward the storyline of Hardy and Sheamus and Hardy's uh, past demons and issues with drugs and alcohol and things like that. Like I said, this is not my favorite storyline. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there enjoying it. And, you know, more power to you. I'm not one to begrudge anybody what they, you know, what they enjoy in the in the ways of entertainment. Uh, but then basically all this was just to uh, throw out a challenge from Sheamus to Jeff Hardy for a bar fight that they're calling it. Now, they've, they've had a match before in WWE called a barroom brawl and it was a multi-person match. Uh, was, this was back in the days of the uh, the APA, Farouk and Bradshaw, or Ron Simmons and Bradshaw, Ron Simmons and JBL, however however you want to call either one of them. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, a bar fight between Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy did accept. I would assume we'll see this at Extreme Rules. They didn't say that for certain, but... Uh, yeah, and oh, I should mention, it's no longer just Extreme Rules, the horror show. Now it's the horror show at Extreme Rules. So they keep uh, keep changing up the name of the pay-per-view. So who knows what it'll be called by next Sunday when it actually happens. But uh, yeah, so Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus in a bar fight. I'll have to see how that's going to work. Uh, and then after Miz TV, Jeff Hardy uh, defeated The Miz in a match, which uh, was, you know, again, great, great match between Hardy and The Miz. Uh, then we saw a women's tag team match. Sasha and Bailey defeated Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for what seems like the the hundredth time. But uh, you know, I get it. A lot of people are complaining about seeing the same matches and the same people over and over again. Well, look at the you know, look at everything going on. They're working on a close set. They have limited 
staff to work with, limited roster to work with. So, yeah, you're going to see repeats of some matches for a little while just so, you know, so WWE can fill that five hours of live or actually no not even seven hours of live television that they gotta fill every week so yeah you're, you're gonna see repeats of some uh, some matches and stuff uh then saw kind of a weird spot uh what they called a karaoke showdown on smackdown uh was naomi lacey evans dana brooke and tamina and it was hosted by jay uso who who we haven't seen on tv in quite a while but uh yeah naomi was the winner of the karaoke contest and then uh, uh lacey kind of attacked her afterwards turned into a four-way brawl and then it started a match between lacey and naomi which was going pretty good for a little while then the other two jumped in Dana and Tamina and again just broke into a four-way brawl so I'm not sure what the point of this was other than just to fill some time and get some people on TV that hadn't been on in a while uh, or that you know haven't been on very much Um, so I mean it is what it is it was you know an entertaining little spot some people hated it and some you know whatever but I mean it like I said, you know, I think uh, WWE is kind of doing what they have to do as far as filling all the TV time that they're required to fill every week. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't horrible. I mean, you know, I was kind of kind of surprised at the uh, the singing voices on some of these ladies. Honestly, uh, Naomi sang uh, Dusty Rhodes theme song from back in the day, the uh, the Common Man, and I, hey, I was impressed. So she, you know, she was the winner of that uh, the karaoke competition. Uh, and then at the uh, the end of the night, the main event was the New Day defending the SmackDown Tag Team titles against the team of Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. New Day was victorious in this one as a result of a disqualification, so I'm sure this is setting up another match somewhere down the line, probably at Extreme Rules, where it would not surprise me to see Cesaro and Nakamura take the tag team titles. They did beat down the New Day after the match, uh, laid out Big E on a table, and powerbombed Kofi Kingston through Big E and through the table. Uh, so, yeah, it was a, I mean, great tag team match. Good ending uh, made, you know, Cesaro and Nakamura just look really, really strong. And uh, like I said, I'm sure this is going to lead up to a another title match in the very near future, probably at Extreme Rules, but they haven't confirmed that yet either. Uh, some some kind of interesting miscellaneous news from WWE is a rumor floating around that there will be another Evolution pay-per-view. Uh, now, for those of you that uh, don't remember... <clears throat> Evolution was the all-women's pay-per-view that they did uh, uh, quite a while back, a couple of years ago. I th- yeah, I think it's been two years now almost. And uh, rumor is that there's it's going to be happening on August the 30th, so we'll have to see. Uh, like I said, it's just a rumor at this point, but... Uh, you know the uh, and there's you know has been a rumor that there will be some type of like a network special or something on that date on August 30th. So could it be Evolution 2? Uh, we'll have to wait and see until it's officially announced. Moving into some AEW news, we saw the debut of Brian Pillman Jr. on AEW Dark this week took on Sean Spears. Uh, really good match between these two guys. Brian Pillman Jr. is one of my favorite uh, independent guys out there. He's been with MLW for quite a while uh, now. You know, also working with AEW, uh, apparently the way his contract is structured, he's able to do both. And, uh, yeah, they put these two guys put on a great match. Spears was victorious uh, in this one. Not a real big surprise. I mean, it was Pillman's very first match. 
So, you know, I, I don't uh, I don't think they're going to push him to the moon immediately upon him entering the company. But we did find out next week on AEW Dark, or uh, this week, I should say, this coming Tuesday, he's going to be taking on Brian Cage for that uh, newly reintroduced FTW championship. Now, th- this one's very interesting because uh, you guys have all heard me talk about Warrior Wrestling multiple times on this show. And, uh, you know, Brian Cage was the Warrior Wrestling champion, was unable to make his last title defense due to injury and handpicked Brian Pillman Jr. to take his place in that match. And Brian Pillman Jr. came out of that match as the Warrior Wrestling Champion. So that, that to me and to anybody that follows Independence, follows Warrior Wrestling, adds a whole new dimension to this match between Cage and Pillman. Now, I, I'm pretty sure we're probably going to see, you know, a typical Brian Cage squash match because he's being pushed as the monster heel you know, just dominant force in AEW. So I don't think we're going to see a 30-minute Matt Classic between Pillman and Cage. But, you know, that aside, I think, uh, I mean, these two guys, they know each other very well from the independents, and I think they they could put on a great match. And, you know, if AEW, which I think is more likely to happen in AEW than in WWE, if AEW just kind of lets these guys go in there and put on their kind of match, you know, let let Pillman show what he can do. I mean, I'm sure Cage is going to be victorious. They're not going to have him lose a match to Brian Pillman Jr. right before his world championship match against John Moxley. But, uh, you know, I would like to see this be a, a good competitive match between Cage and Pillman. But that's just me. You know, that's my, my biased opinion because I do follow Warrior Wrestling so closely. Uh, and this, you know, this is, uh, in, in that context, this is a dream match. Uh, we saw Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defeat Private Party to uh, to retain the AEW World Tag Team Championship at uh, at Fighter Fest on Wednesday. Again, awesome tag team match between these two guys. I mean, there there were several contenders for match of the week this week, and this was one of them. Uh, Page and Omega versus Private Party, but Omega and Page were victorious in that one. Uh, then uh, Lance Archer defeated Joey Janela in a li- little bit of a one-sided affair. I mean, Joey Janela got some good offense in, but uh, Archer was victorious in that one. Uh, and then we had the, uh, the main event of... Uh, the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers taking on the Young Bucks and FTR now, uh, or that wasn't the main event, but uh, yeah, you you got my point. But anyway, uh, yeah, Butcher and Blade and Lucha Brothers were victorious in that one due to just a little bit of miscommunication at the end between the Bucks and FTR. But uh, again, this was another contender for Match of the Week. Just a, an excellent eight-man tag team match. A lot of lot of fun to watch. Um, then uh, we found out coming up, or actually before I get into that, let me finish talking about uh, Fighter Fest. Uh, the Dark Order defeated SCU uh, in a six-man match, so it's uh, it's looking more and more like Colt Cabana is going to be a uh, a full-fledged member of the Dark Order. I mean, obviously he's been picking up some victories since he's been associated with them, and now he's got a new T-shirt out, uh, which the the name Colt Cabana on the T-shirt looks. Uh, uh, suspiciously like cult cabana and I'm sure that's by design but uh, yeah so I, I think it's just a matter of time before we find out that cult is a full-fledged member of the Dark Order uh, I already talked about the uh, the Jericho and Orange Cassidy match again you know that was the match of the week Jericho was victorious but it was a, an amazing match you know the, this match did for Orange Cassidy what uh, uh, what Jericho's match did for Darby Allen as well you know it uh 
you know, just because Jericho was victorious does not mean that uh, that Cassidy did not get over because he did. You know, they, they put on a fantastic match the same way Darby Allen put on a great match with Chris Jericho and the way Darby Allen's put on great matches with Cody. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, we've been seeing little vignettes from Darby Allen the last several weeks. Uh, and he hasn't been medically cleared to return. Hopefully he is sometime soon, and I hope to God when he is, he he's got a new finishing move because that uh, that coffin drop, I'm pretty sure, is what is uh, kind of you know uh, not is not definitely not helping with uh, keep keeping his body in in working condition. So uh, I, as cool as that move is, I would love to see Darby Allen come come back with uh, with a new finisher. Uh, and then moving on to next week, uh, we're going to see what's being billed as Fight for the Fallen, which is uh, you know another. Uh, AEW special event uh, so yeah we're getting three weeks in a row of uh, pay-per-view quality shows from from AEW and this is where we're going to see the match between Moxley and Brian Cage for the uh, the World Heavyweight Championship we're also going to see the elite the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega taking on Jurassic Express that should be an awesome match I mean I, I'm you know that that is my early pick for uh, for match of the week because I just think that's going to be I think that match is just going to be a lot of fun with those six guys in there that's, that match is going to be fun to watch uh, we found out Cody is going to be defending the TNT title on Wednesday against Sonny Kiss. So that should be a, a great match. I mean, Sonny Kiss, you see predominantly on AEW Dark. Don't see him too much on Dynamite. Um, so it'll, I mean, it'll be great to see Sonny Kiss in a more prominent position in a championship match. So this is, I think that's going to be a really cool match. And then we are going to also see the Lucha Brothers taking on FTR. This one is going to be crazy. Uh, you know, major, major conflict as far as styles go. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that one. Two of my favorite tag teams currently in wrestling. So I cannot uh, cannot wait to see that one. Moving on to some New Japan news, which we haven't had for quite a while. Uh, Evil is your winner of the 2020 New Japan Cup, defeated Kazuchika Okada in the uh, in the final of the New Japan tournament with some help from the Bullet Club of all people. Now, uh, you know anybody who follows New Japan knows Evil is a member of Lij, and uh, at the end of the the end of the match, Evil, like I said, won the New Japan Cup, and Naito, leader of Lij, come came out to uh, congratulate him. And of course, Naito is the uh, or was the Intercontinental and IWGP Heavyweight Champion for New Japan, and that's who Evil would be facing at uh, Dominion for uh, for both of those championships. Naito came out to congratulate him. You know, they went to uh, Naito called for the uh, the fist bump, the uh, the Lij fist bump, and uh, yeah, Evil threw up the uh, the two sweep, the Bullet Club, and uh, just you know took uh, took Naito down so Evil is a full-fledged member now of the Bullet Club and went on to Dominion to defeat Naito again with some help from the Bullet Club for the Intercontinental and Heavyweight Championship so Evil is your new top guy in New Japan a little bit of a surprise Evil you know not really uh, not really viewed as a main event guy but uh, I think you know a, a welcome surprise and uh, I'm you know curious to see where this one's going to go who's going to be his next opponent uh you know what are they going to continue defending the titles together are they going to split them back up how uh, how is this going to work so i'm i'm very happy to see new japan up and running again and uh you know can't wait to see where they're where they're going with the uh with their new 
World Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion Evil. Uh, another new set of champions coming out of Dominion is the IWGP Tag Team Champions, um, Tanahashi and Ibushi, who were the champions, were defeated by Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. So uh, new IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions as well. A uh, little bit of Ring of Honor news this week. I uh, found out they are going to, uh, this this coming week, their weekly television show is going to be a tribute to Hana Kimura. Uh, those of you who remember, uh, Hana uh, passed away earlier this summer, uh, back in May. Uh, so this is going to be a, a tribute to Hana with uh, videos of her matches from Ring of Honor, video tributes from her friends in uh, in Ring of Honor. So it should be, uh, should be one to watch. I'm definitely going to be checking that one out. Some impact news. Uh, had a, a really cool tag team match, or what I think was a cool tag team match on on Impact this past week. Uh, Susie and Kylie Ray defeated Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary uh, in just like I said. I thought it was a cool match. I'm I love the team of Kylie Ray and Susie. You know, and some of you may think I'm weird for that, but Kylie Ray, one of my just favorites in general in pro wrestling. I uh, just I love her character, and her character is her. I mean, she she is an awesome person. I've, I've met her in person, and yes, that that is who she is. She is awesome. But uh, but yeah, so I, I love the team of Kylie Ray and Susie. I'm waiting to see what is it what it is that's going to be that triggers the reemergence of Sue Young out of out of all of this. I'm sure that's coming at some point. Uh, we also found out that the uh, returning world champion that's supposed to be coming back at Slammiversary coming up on the 18th is uh, is not coming alone, whatever that means. So, uh, you know, does that mean it's going to be a manager? It's going to be a tag team partner? Um, you know, who's it going to be? A lot of, lot of speculation going around, you know, that it's going to be uh, EC3, I think, is the top contender for it. Uh, I mentioned last week, could it be Bully Ray coming back with Gallows and Anderson to uh, kind of reform the Aces and Eights with uh, uh, with D'Lo Brown? That's something that's been hinted at uh, the last several weeks as well. So we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, the returning champion is not coming alone. And uh, we also had a uh, really good match between Jordan Grace and Kimber Lee on Impact this past week. Uh, another one, you know, definitely go back and check it out. Uh, Impact right now, to me, has the best women's division in wrestling, and it just keeps getting better. So, you know, with the additions of, like, Deanna Perrazzo and Nevaeh and, you know, who who knows who else is going to be be showing up in uh, in impact in the knockouts division so uh, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for news and rumors for the week so right now i'm going to throw it over to charlie g and he is here with your indie cut thank you tom and hey to wrestling friends i am charlie g with your indie cut uh, i am going to change up how i report on things if that's okay with all of you, since this is supposed to be just a cut and not a whole show. Uh, I'll recap the shows I watch with details, uh, mention what shows did take place with a highlighted match or two, uh, title matches, and of course any news and Lucha Underground recap. If you like the old way or of my cut or this new way, email the show and let us know what you prefer. Okay, so let's begin with uh, July 4th with the GCW Backyard Wrestling 2. Uh, yes, it was in someone's backyard. Uh, looked like close to a park or a forest reserve. But later on I found out it was in a backyard of probably the promoter because it looked like a very fancy house. 
with a pool, which I'll get to in a bit. Uh, Joy Janela did start off things, uh, lighting off a firework, only to be scared away. Uh, so Joy Janela was in uh, undisclosed location, probably New Jersey, uh, still working for, still helping out GCW. Uh, now these names are backyard names. I will try my best to tell you who they are now. Uh, not all of them was revealed to me, and I don't know everyone in GCW, so I will do my best. Uh, first match was Ricky Crash, who was Ricky Shane Page, against Alex Zane. Uh, Zane did a somersault over the roof of a car on the Ricky, which is a cool spot. Uh, later on, Zane did an, an inverted moonsault laying on the ring apron, which looked very painful. And Shane Page won with a tiger driver from the top rope through a door. Of course, it wouldn't be a GCW show without a door. Uh, second match was K Casey Quick versus Paco Loco, who was Chris Dickinson. Uh, in, a, in a match where the door won, as Loco did a razor's edge too quick to the door, and it didn't break, not once, not twice, not three times. I'll get to that in a bit. Uh, Loco then missed a quick off a skip. Okay, he threw Quick off a scaffold onto a plywood and door structure. Finally, Loco hit a big tombstone power driver, trying a Pazuzu bomb onto the unbreakable door for the win. So the door won at least three times, and Paco Loco won in that. Uh, third match was Nasty Leroy with Joy Janela defeating uh, Dilf. Uh, if you watch AEW Dark or the show, you would see Nasty Leroy next to Janela in the crowd. So he's getting his opportunity to, uh, I wouldn't call it wrestling, but to perform. <laughs> uh, Nasty Leroy actually defeated, uh, I'll call him Rainbow Boy. Um, there was a kiddie pool set up by ringside, and it was used when uh, Rainbow Boy was in it. Uh, uh, Rainbow Boy went for a crossbody, missing Leroy, landing into the pool, which led to Janela lighting up a Roman candle for Leroy to shoot at Boy in the pool. Uh, as Boy was trying to move from the top of a child's playhouse, the roof caved in. So actually the roof did cave in in this backyard show. Uh, finally the boy was put into a bulldoze, um, uh, bobcat scoop and then dropped onto the roof of a Plymouth Neon for the pin and win by Leroy. Uh, sloppy match, kind of fun if you like all that stuff. Uh, yeah, the, the, that's backyard wrestling folks. That's all I'm going to put this at. Uh, next up wasn't really a match, more of a call-out by Denver, Colorado against Alley Cat. Uh, there was no ref, so it ended with a clothesline by Alley as they fought all over the yard into a pool while kids were swimming. This was very sloppy on their part, especially since uh, Mr. Colorado was 
kind of busted open on his arm. Interesting time, tie filler for GCW, but it showed the whole yard of this area. So it was, that was kind of nice. Uh, next up was the Combat Kid, who was Chase Barnett versus Tony Deppen. Uh, this was a decent match, uh, even using a trampoline for a move. Uh, Deppen won with a lung blower move onto the kid. Uh, next was a match I actually kind of enjoyed. It was Kyle Smiley, who was KTV, defeating Logan Stunt. Uh, Logan looks skinnier and skinnier day, day by day. I guess Marco is taking all the meals even at home now. Uh, KT, KTB, who really wanted ice cream, ran from the ran for the ice cream truck, bringing back two cones for him and Logan, only for Logan to put it into Kale's head and then Kale spear Logan with it. Funny gimmick if you believe an ice cream cone can impale someone's head. Uh, now these two used the trampoline for a few moves as Logan uh, caught even the tree trunk above to do a destroyer off onto a door smashing K. Uh, uh, KTB won with a top rope DB Death Valley driver through a due to trampoline and the doors that were sitting on it. So they ruined a trampoline in this as well. Uh, after intermission, which I missed, most, I missed these three matches, so it was Dexter White, who was Atticus Cougar, defeated Vampiro, who was Facade, and what had to be a really cool match, in an eight-man tag elimination match. It was the Yard Legends of Hard-Ass Nick, who was Nick Gage, Lucky the Leprechaun, who was Lucky 13, Matt DeMorris, and Psycho Joe. Uh, they defeated the new school yarders of Kid Grapple of Blake Christian, Imanon, who was Jimmy Lloyd, Jordan Oliver, and Mayday Jack, who was Cole Radrick. Uh, so yeah, uh, of course Nick Gage eliminated all four of them actually, Mayday, Mayday Jordan, Grapple, and Iman to win. Uh, in the main event, it was Al Slacko, who was Slack, defeating J.J. Escobar by referee's decision. Uh, their next show looks to be on July 25th and 26th for their homecoming. So I will see if I can see that when it comes out. Uh, then we move later in the night to ICW New York No Holds Barred Volume 3, Deathmatch Drive-In 2. Uh, this is pretty much in the same yard, maybe a different camera angle to make it look a little bit more spacious. Um, so first match was Dominic Greeny defeating... Big Tuan Tucker. Uh, Eddie Kingston defeated Brett Eisen. Uh, they gave Eddie a live mic for some reason, and he went off on every company, even the NWA. So, yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll just stop right there. Uh, next up was Eddie Only defeating Tim Donst. Uh, after the match, the Sandman, of all people, came out with pyro and everything on top of a truck uh, to help uh, hit Eddie a couple times with his kendo stick and then toss Dunst the beer to celebrate the night. Uh, then there was Eric Ryan defeating Alex Ocean. 
Matthew Justice defeated Casanova Valentine. Akira defeated Matt Tremont in a wild sprawl. I, I couldn't believe half the stuff that was going on. Uh, John Wayne Murdoch defeated Jeff King, only to be challenged later on by Nick Gage, and he defeated, he defeated Nick Gage as well to end the night. Uh, then uh, Fist, the great, great American Barbecue from San Diego, California. Uh, a couple matches to talk about. Pickle Jim defeated Tyrannosaurus Flex. Mocho's Jungle defeated Hawkamelon. And Miranda Elise defeated Ryan Kidd. We go to July 5th, 2020. With 0-1, we're not going to, to Corona. Tenka Ichi Junior Tournament. 2020 with an attendance of 151. Uh, yeah, so they had those matches. Uh, first round matches, so I won't have to talk about those too much. Uh, Pure J had an event with an attendance of 30. Oz Academy, Sonoko Kato, 25th anniversary year with an attendance of 200. With Aja Kong, Teaming with Tsubasa Kuragaki, defeated Kaiho Kobayashi and Kokoro Sekuguchi. And then an eight person tag was Mayu Okaha, Okihai, Mayumo Ozaki, Suru Anoi, and Yumi Oke, defeating Kari Yonoyama. Sonoko Kato and you. Oh, and Aquino. Sorry about that. Uh, for Noah, New Hope, Day 3. Uh, Rene Dupree defeated Tazuski. And the Goto Move Choco Pro, number 29, on YouTube. Uh, I looked up. I guess you should check these out. These are actually sponsored by AEW Dark. So I guess. Um, they were work since Emmy Sakura is pretty much the promoter there. Uh, you might see some of these uh, ladies in AEW whenever they get to travel. Uh, this was a thank you program for Riho. So a couple match the two matches were Matsuro Kono and Tokiko Karahara defeating Emmy Emmy Sakura and Lulu Pencil. And in the main event it was Riho and you know. Mizumori defeating Galen Aki and May Segura. Uh, it's it's an interesting concept. They don't wrestle in a ring. They wrestle on gym mats in a hallway, if if you might put it like that. Uh, so check it out if you can. That's Goto Move. Uh, I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, then there's Dragon Gate Hopeful Gate 2020 Day Two. With an attendance of 315. Uh, in an eight man tag, it was Diamante, Kato Ishida, Kazuma Sakamoto, and Tokashi Yoshida defeating Don Fuji, Ultimo Dragon, Gama, and Kento Kabun. Uh, then Dragon Kid teamed with Shuji Kondo defeating Ben K and Jason Lee. And in a six-man tag, it was Kai, Strong Machine J, and Yamato defeated Big R Schmoozy, BXB, 
Hulk and Ita. Uh, then in 2AW Active Advanced Pro, launching business first anniversary Grand Slam. In the 2A Openweight title match, uh, Yaito Yoshida defeated champion Yuji Yokobayashi to become new champion. On uh, July 6th, Wave Nami won with an attendance of 72. In a marvelous That's Woman Pro Wrestling, there was a 3-on-2 handicap match with Maria and Makato Shindo defeating Koya, Mia Hasazuki, and Masa Slamovich. And I believe Masa's from uh, Evolve Wrestling, so that was kind of interesting to see. That's why I put it in the show. Then there was DDT Chris Brooks produce Shinkiba No Fans Extravaganza number one. Uh, this show was designed for DDT's international fans with English commentary, even if it was just for two matches. Uh, Chris Brooks defeated Miyu Yamashita. Uh, in an interesting match, it went back and forth, a little sloppy at times. Uh, Brooks won with a double underhook pile driver. And then in a super hardcore, hardcore match, Drew Parker defeated Shunma Katsumata. Uh, Shunma came out with a plastic bag with Legos on it. Uh, they took the fight to the parking lot and fought on top of the company van. Uh, Shunma stapled Parker's lip to the ring mat, which gave him time to build up a tower of chairs only for Parker to throw him into it. Uh, it got hardcore when Shunma introduced plastic capsules filled with Legos. So, all you Lego fans, this was the match for you. Uh, both men performed some high-impact moves on those Legos. There was a failed attempt of a swanton on the Shunma while laying on a table onto the floor, which looked really nasty because he missed almost everything except for the edge of the table. Uh, and then finally the match ended with Parker landing a pile driver onto the Legos and then a sweet swanton for a hard fart win. Uh, the commentator said there will probably be a second Brooks Produce show uh, probably in two weeks, but we shall see. Uh, I actually kind of liked it. Uh, nice. I mean, I know Chris Brooks. Uh, I see Miyu Yonshita, so it was okay to you know, find to watch them wrestle. The other two, I'm not, I haven't seen them wrestle before, so it's kind of, uh, it was different. It was nice to see. Uh, I can't wait. I hope there is a number two. We go to July 7th with the, with the Wave, uh, World Woman Pro Wrestling Diana Queen, Queen Elizabeth title match of Sakura Haruta, champion, defeated Karuyu Ito and Tomako Watanabe by Kanout. In the Regina D-Wave title match, champion Nagisha Nozaki defeated Yuki Miyazaki. Uh, on July 8th, Ice Ribbon's Peace Party number 48th with an attendance of 50. Uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling Wednesday Special had Kenta Miyahara versus Yoshitatsu in a 7 minute, seven minute draw. I don't get the 7 minute thing, but it's the only match of the night. Guess that's what they, you get. 
Uh, finally, we go to July 10th with Dragon Gate Hopeful Gate 2020 Day 3 with an attendance of 185. Uh, Dragon Dia, Koto Mianoro, and Strong, Mach Strong Machine J defeated Genki Hiraguchi, Ryo Sato, and Ultimo Dragon. Uh, some happy news in AAA. Uh, Vanilla Vargas and Australian Suicide announced that they will be parents together. So congrats to the happy couple. Guess this quarantine has hit another couple, <laughs> but congrats to them. Uh, now for the 2B Throwback Machine and Lucha Underground episode 14. Open mic night from February 11th, 2015. Uh, we start the show with Dario Cueto talking to Alberto Del Patron as he wants into the temple for loyalty and blood. First match was Phoenix against Arhenis. Uh This was a great match between these two luchadors with moves I've never seen before. Uh, on this show, or enjoy, in, or ever since, and that's why I enjoy it very much. Uh, during the match, Stryker and Vampiro talk about AAA wrestling, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Katrina walks into the temple to get a closer look to her secret desire in Phoenix. Uh, both men had chances to win but early on, but Phoenix put off a pile driver for the victory. Uh, after the match, Katrina comes into the ring, giving Arhenis the look of death, all while looking at Phoenix. Uh, after a break, we see Katrina talking to Mil Mortes about how he could not handle the power of a thousand lives, but Mill did not take kindly to this, saying he needs nothing. While walking through the hallway, Mill meets up with Chavo Guerrero, claiming next week he will pay his debt. Can't wait to find out what that is. Uh, then we see Big Rick in a confessional saying he is going to destroy the three men that betrayed him and how vengeance, how vengeance will be his showing his battle wounds from the crew. Uh, finally, match number two. Uh, Johnny Mundo defeated Son of Havoc with Ivelisse in his corner. Uh, this was a solid match with Havoc coming close a few times to defeating Mundo. Uh, in the end, Havoc waited too long on the top rope with Ivelisse yelling at him to dive already. Uh, that was kind of funny. Uh, when he finally did, Mundo blocked the move with double knees leading to the end of the world move from the corner to win. Uh, after the match, out came King Cuerno to beat Don Mundo, leaving him flat in the ring. Uh, in the main event, it was Pentagon Jr. defeating Ricky Mandel. Uh, I was surprised Mandel lasted as long as he did, even with Vampiro thinking uh, Mandel was Rick Martel. Uh, yeah, it was okay. It's Vampiro. It's you know, it's gotta be funny. Uh, Pentagon was more aggressive during the match and won rather easily with his Camaro armbar submission. And once again, after the bell, he did the snap armbreaker to Mandel. Uh, for the final segment, Alberto El Patron came to the ring with the Triple A Heavyweight Championship, uh, talking about why he came to the temple to wrestle claiming the revolution is here, only to be interrupted by Tejano, uh, Alberto's biggest rival in AAA. Tejano beat down Alberto with his bill rope, saying that he 
that he has his title. So back then, AAA and Lucha Underground uh, kind of kept, put their storylines together, which is kind of nice. Uh, I think that's when I start actually trying to find AAA wrestling. So I got to thank Lucha Underground for that. Uh, that's wrap for me. Till next time when I will recap any indie news or shows that come about. Don't forget to look at those Twitch streams and YouTube channels for other wrestling content. Uh, thank you for watching or listening. Hope you enjoyed the new cut. Stay safe. Take care and be kind, everyone. Back to you, Tom. All right, that is Charlie G with your indie cut for this week. Coming up next on the show, this is where we highlight the uh, the one fan who is uh, a positive influence on the uh the, the wrestling community, the fan community, the internet wrestling community, whatever you want to call it, and it is the Fan of the Week. Alright, so the Fan of the Week this week is a good friend of mine. His name is Cowboy Archie Coglin. He is uh, the uh, creator of the Wrestling Behind Ringside podcast, uh, WrestlingBehindRingside.com. The, this guy just, uh, he just loves pro wrestling. And, you know, he, uh, I mean, besides being a podcaster and an entrepreneur with his uh, with his website, he's also a published author. Uh, you know, his book, uh, Two Swords, One Stone, is available on Amazon. You should check that out. And, uh yeah, just like I said, the guy just loves wrestling. He, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, he and I talk about wrestling literally all the time. And I mean, you know, he, he's got a great mind for wrestling. He's got some really cool stuff in the works coming up with, uh, uh, his new YouTube channel. Definitely keep an eye out for that. I'll definitely be promoting that on the show when, uh, when that, uh, is getting ready to, uh, getting ready to drop. But, uh, yeah, so Cowboy Archie Coglin, he is the fan of the week this week. So moving into the next segment of the show where I get to have a little bit of fun and play uh, armchair promoter here. This is the Fantasy Booker. This week's Fantasy Booker may not be a fantasy for too much longer because there have been a lot of uh, hints getting getting dropped online. Well, not a lot, but just little things here and there. And uh, I, I talked about something similar a while back on the Fantasy Booker, and that is a new horseman-type faction uh, forming in AEW. Now, when I talked about it before, it was just my you know brainstorming of what I thought would make a good version of the horseman in AEW. Uh, but this one... Like I said, there's been little hints getting dropped online, and um, basically what's going to make up this faction is Cody, Sean Spears, and FTR. And obviously Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard would be a part of that as well, just you know because they are the managers of Cody and Sean Spears. But uh, yeah, and this... Uh, you know, kind of stems from uh, Sean Spears posting some stuff on Twitter uh, about uh, about FTR, saying that they're one of his favorite teams. And one of the guys from FTR just responded to the tweet or with uh, the number four, Roman numeral four. And then again, you know, Spears put up a post about uh, 
you know, not liking people and well, he only like he only likes three other people, you know, besides himself. And Cody Rhodes responded to that one with the same thing, the Roman numeral four. So, you know, little little hints being dropped. But uh yeah, I mean I I think that these you know, these guys would make a hell of a faction. Whether they call them the horsemen or not, I mean that's obviously what it's reminiscent of is the four horsemen, especially with the involvement of Arn and Tully. But uh yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, workhorses in the ring, I mean, you're not going to find four better guys in AEW that fit that mold. So it, it's it's an interesting, uh, you know, interesting little uh, speculation that, that's kind of going on right now that these four guys could kind of join forces and create a new version or whatever you want to call it of the horsemen. Like I said, they, you know, they wouldn't be able to use the four horsemen name, obviously, because I believe think that's owned by WWE, but I'm not sure. I saw somebody out there said it's actually owned by Conrad Thompson. So if that's the case, then yeah, they could use the Four Horsemen name. But uh, either way, you know, it's... uh, And I saw some people online complaining about this. Oh, do something new and blah, blah. Well, it is new. You know, it's not Ric Flair. It's not... Uh, you know, Arn and Tully aren't wrestling, you know, uh, it's not the original Four Horsemen or any original version of the Four Horsemen, whatever, but it, it's just, it's kind of a new reimagining of that type of stable, you know, so, but there's going to be people that complain about everything, like I said before when I was talking about the U.S. title belt, and, and you know, there's going to be people that hate on it and say it's just a ripoff or a, a sad imitation of the, the original and this and that, and, you know, for people that look at it that way, I, I'm sorry, just sit back and be a fan just for five minutes. Just sit back, let go of being a critic and thinking that you actually know something about the wrestling business because, you know, I, I, I think JR said it best on his podcast. You know, everybody thinks they're an expert. Well, you're not an expert. He's an expert. JR is an expert. And Arn Anderson is an expert. And Tully Blanchard is an expert. And, you know, these guys that have been in the business for literally their entire lives, those are the experts, guys, not us. We're fans. Just because you've been watching for your entire life like I have doesn't make you an expert on the wrestling business because you're not a part of it, period. So, anyway, uh, but, yeah, so the, this, I think, would, would be something really cool. And AEW is very heavy on factions. It, it's uh, kind of a, uh, a thing that they, I, I believe, was at least inspired by, you know, uh, New Japan, where everybody's part of a faction. And so for, and Cody made mention a couple of weeks ago that he, you know, he doesn't, doesn't seem like he's part of any, any faction anymore. Is, is he, you know, he's questioning, is he still part of the elite? Is he still part of the nightmare family? So, you know, again, little hints being dropped here and there. And if they do kind of like a slow build to this and, and, you know, uh, put it, put it into action, I think it could be something really, really cool. So that, that is a fantasy booker for this week, a new horseman type faction possibly popping up in AEW. So keep an eye out for that one. So moving right along into the last segment of the show here, where I give my possibly not so popular opinion on a subject in pro wrestling. And that is called the weekly hot take. My hot take for this week is I don't give a damn about TV ratings. There is so much crap online about, you know, with fans arguing with each other and just making stupid comments about, you know, who won in the ratings and key demographics and and blah, blah, blah. Why do you care? 
seriously, what effect does the TV ratings of a wrestling show have on you? I'll answer that for you. It's zero. It makes no damn difference to you or to me or to any other fan what the what the rating was for your favorite wrestling show for the night. It doesn't affect you in the least. So why do you care so much? Why do you want to argue so much about, you know, which wrestling show won in the ratings and which one, you know, lost the most viewers from one week to the next, or which one gained the most viewers from one week to the next, or which one was most popular in the 18 to 49 demographic and all this kind of stuff. Who cares? Honestly, the only people that care about ratings, the only people that ratings have an effect on are TV executives and the actual wrestling promotion themselves. That's it. You know, and I'll tell you right now, Raw's not going anywhere. SmackDown's not going anywhere. NXT, not going anywhere. AEW, not going anywhere. All right? You know, just because NXT has higher ratings one week doesn't mean AEW did bad. I mean, the, the difference between, you know, number of viewers between AEW and NXT, it honestly, from week to week is minimal. No matter who came out ahead the difference between the two is almost negligible. You got to remember there's a margin of error, which, you know, ah, anyway, I'm not going to get into all of that because, you know, people are just going to come up with their own arguments anyway. But uh, yeah, as a fan, I don't give a damn what the TV ratings are. I give a damn that I enjoy watching the show. And for the most part, I enjoy watching wrestling on TV. You know, any wrestling, all wrestling, whether it's WWE, MLW, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor. If it's wrestling, I want to watch it. I don't care what the ratings are. I don't care what channel it's on. You know, people want to talk about uh, Impact being on uh, on Access TV, you know, and, uh, oh, it's, you know, not available in most places. And Who cares? You know, they're also on Twitch. If you, if you really care that much and you want to watch it that bad, it's on Twitch. So, you know, it's available literally everywhere, anywhere in the world. So, but yeah, that, that's my take on that one. I could, could not care less about what the TV ratings are for AEW versus NXT or Raw or SmackDown or, or Impact or anything else. You know, I just, I love watching professional wrestling. I am a wrestling fan. I think a lot of people have lost sight of what it means to be a fan. It means you enjoy watching it. And if you don't enjoy watching it, you, you change the channel or, you know, something. You know, there, there's a, a whole lot of buttons on that remote control. You can, you know, turn it off. You can change the channel. You can w watch something that you do like so that you're not, you know, don't spend the next hour and a half after the show is over bitching about it online. But it seems to be that's what a lot of people live for. So whatever. But uh, yeah, for me personally, I don't give a damn about TV ratings. And that's that. <laughs> so one last thing I want to mention before I uh, sign off for this week uh, Warrior Wrestling has announced that their next show is coming up on August the 7th. They are calling it Friday Night Lights. This is going to be their first outdoor event ever. Uh, it's going to be held at Marion Catholic High School on their football field. Uh, they're going to be taking all the necessary precautions as far as masks and social distancing, things like that. Uh, and that applies also to the Fan Fest beforehand. You know, fans have to wear a mask. Uh, if you, you know... If you're going to take pictures with the uh, with the wrestlers, have to be on opposite sides of the table and, you know, uh, appropriate distance apart and things like that. So obviously some changes happening uh, with with that stuff. But, you know, it's Warrior Wrestling. I've never seen them put on a bad show. And from what I've seen so far, 
the the uh, the little bit of a, a sneak peek that I was able to have at uh, some of the uh, the wrestlers and and things that uh, that are going to be going on at this show. This is going to be a fantastic event. So if you are in the Chicago area or going to be in the Chicago area on Friday, August the seventh, get tickets because it's going to be it's going to be an amazing show. Uh, it's going to be you know it's going to be a, a fairly limited audience. They're not going to be able to have as packed of a crowd as they normally do for obvious reasons. Um, you know it's going to be a, a BYO event. No uh, no concessions, just to to minimize contact. So you'll be able to bring your own uh, you know food and beverages and that that kind of thing. And uh, but yeah, it should be an awesome show. I am trying to uh, work out a way that I can be there to uh, to broadcast it live, like I have been the last couple of shows. Being on a Friday makes it a little bit more difficult for me to to do that. But I'm I'm working on it. So I will hopefully have a uh, an announcement about that within the next uh next week or so but uh yeah so make sure you check it out warrior wrestling friday night lights friday august the 7th should be an amazing show like always from warrior wrestling so that's going to wrap things up for this week again i want to thank everybody as always for watching listening and subscribing on youtube podbean spotify or wherever you get your podcast from Make sure you're following on social media. You can find the show at Catch Hook Shoot on all platforms. Patreon.com slash Catch Hook Shoot for bonus content. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Catch Hook Shoot for t-shirts. And if you ever want to shoot me an email, it's CatchHookShoot at gmail.com. So with that, I am going to sign off for this week. Hope everybody has a great week. Enjoy all the wrestling that's coming up. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And just be a decent person, guys. I, I've said this many times. Just, uh, you know, show show some common courtesy to each other. And uh, it, it definitely does go a long way in uh, making the world a better place. So uh, with that, I'm going to sign off. Hope you guys have a great week. And I will talk to you guys soon. Mm-hmm.